Welcome to Grief Recovery Now podcast. I'm your host, Charlene Gorzella, your grief recovery specialist. This podcast is being produced just for you, someone who has been challenged and heartbroken over a significant and devastating loss, death, divorce, sudden life change, or the many other ways we experience grief. You will be taken on a conversational journey with me and some special guests who have come out the other side of grief and committed to small, powerful, and courageous steps that made all the difference in their lives for the better. I want to instill in you on what is possible, that joy, hope, peace, and happiness is closer than you think. While your life is forever changed, you can have a beautiful new outlook on your relationships and loss with a sense of completion that goes deep in your soul. Ready, set, now. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. This is Charlene Gorzella with Grief Recovery Now Podcast. I am your host for this week and every week on Grief Recovery Now Podcast. So happy you're with us today. This is a special time of year. It's at the beginning of the year. We're in 2022. Where are you? Are you anticipating and are you fearful? Some people who are in the business world, it's where they start at ground zero for the year at zero. I know myself, I was a recruiter salesperson. Always you get through the year, you know what your numbers are. And then all of a sudden you start at zero at the very beginning. There was a feeling of a little bit dread, like, oh boy, here we go again. And it wasn't always a feel good feeling. It was sometimes there was some enthusiasm and excitement. But yet, you know, I thought about the year and what I went through, what I gained, what I lost. And it's like, even emotionally, it's like, okay, here we go again. Or you can be just thrilled. You have some intentions going on and you're just in such a great, happy place of anticipation, up for the surprises in life. You have your goals down. There's some kind of certainty going on. And sometimes there's a little bit of underlying, will I do it? Because as you know, having New Year's resolutions sometimes, you know, you have the best of intentions and sometimes they don't necessarily come through. And usually it's because we are not following through on our intentions. Well, rather it's like uh, New Year's resolutions. And I say intentions because it's a little bit more deeper type of words because you intend to do something. Not that a resolution, what does that mean? If I look up in the dictionary, I would say things I would claim that I want to do instead of intend to do. At least that's my interpretation. So here we are at the beginning of the year. You'll be listening to this probably, I would say, in February or at the end of January. And I thought I would do a review of our podcast, some of the top rated podcasts of Grief Recovery Now with all of you. Uh, One of the purposes of me doing this podcast was to break down the many different ways that we grieve. And what I hear more often than not, when you say grief or grieving, people think of someone dying, a death. And death to them means a death of a loved one, a father, a mother, a child, a sister, a good friend. But I also think death could be death of an identity death of a job, death of a career, death because of a career. You hear about Olympians or basketball players. All of a sudden they bust a knee out, can never play again. That's to me is a death of a career, at least one example of it. There's so many different ways we can grieve. And I just want to wake people up. While we may feel sad or depression and we claim that's what we are, we identify with that emotion, I want people to consider grief. You may be grieving. And the name of our podcast and my company is Grief Recovery Now. And I'm here to help you get to that other side, get from the unresolved to the resolved, get from the incomplete to the complete in your grief. It doesn't mean that if you get recovery now from your grief that you forget your loved one, you forget the losses. It's part of your story. It's part of the mosaic in life. And I'm not saying sometimes grief is regarding a loss of an unloved one. That's another thing. We just want to blot the experience out. Let me get it a blackout like it never happened. That's not what grief recovery is about. Grief recovery is about 
being a weight to your life and just some shifts on your interpretation of it. How to live fully, how to live life beyond your wildest dreams and maybe taking advantage of your experience to rise above it like the phoenix and maybe have your life be have a sense of purpose because of it or part of it. So it gives you that little more juice to go forward in life. That's what I want. I want to give you a little juice of how you could take full advantage of sometimes most devastating loss. And I am not downplaying extreme devastating loss. And when I go through the podcasts that have been on our Grief Recovery Now podcast, you'll see why. Some people have been through hell and back. Well, probably most of them through their own personal health to the, the loss they feared the most or losses they feared the most or didn't even expect in life. That's what I want to educate people. There must be, I am a grief recovery specialist, an advanced certified grief recovery specialist. So I am making it my mission in life to educate people of all the different ways we can grieve. Because sometimes we'll mislabel what's going on with us or what filters are we walking around? How you grew up. And many of you know who have uh, listened to the podcast. I sold a company after 26 years. I lost my identity. I didn't lose it, but in my heart, I felt I did. My identity was a big thing. I'm also a recovering alcoholic and addict. Boy, when I lost my drugs and alcohol and my cigarettes at the time, it was like I lost these uh, this certainty in my life. Something I used to hamper my emotions. And they were, and what we call in grief recovery method is, and the method is their short-term energy relieving behaviors. And so I use drugs, alcohol, other things in life, shopping, internet. I don't know if any of you can relate to sort of squelch and hamper my emotions. I was in my head. So I would do all this intellectual intellect. Hey, I'm thinking, how, what can I do? to not feel, to hamper my emotions. And what I've learned, and I didn't realize I was doing it until way later as I started really going, getting into recovery and then grief recovery, how I was hampering my heart. To me, I believe your heart is an emotion. While it is an organ and it's something that we need to keep our bodies alive, people can die from a broken heart. I don't want you to do that. And I don't mean just death, you're off the planet. I mean, they just don't want to live anymore. They're living a mediocre at best life. I want you to live life to its fullest. So I thought I'd go over the podcast that we've had on our uh, journey here at Grief Recovery Now. I wanted to start off with our very first podcast, and it was Life, Grief, and the Coronavirus with Jake Westbrook. And this, I started this podcast. I started it right before we were put on lockdown, and that was. April of 29, yeah, 2020. So it's been almost two years now, as you all know. And I got him on the show and this was going on. We had so much uncertainty about coronavirus and the pandemic and the news we were hearing. There was a lot of loss going on during that time quickly. To me, grief is sudden loss, sudden change of behaviors, sudden change of life. I can say a lot of times, I know many people who have death in their life, especially myself with my parents. I missed their physical presence more than anything. It was the physical void. That was a big part of my grief with them. So I remember because I believe in people aren't necessarily dead and they're gone. I sort of built a new relationship with my parents through their death as years gone by. This is when I was 16 and 29. I lost my dad at 16. I lost my mother at 29. And I feel like I have a deeper relationship now, even though I would love to see them in the physical. I have to tell you this, and I'll, I'll talk to you later about that. So I want you guys all to know you're not alone. I've had my grief. I'm being in recovery. I was, I remember I first got sober in 1988. And it lasted all these years. It'll be 34 years this year. And I remember all the people dying because in, you know, in alcoholism and drug addictions, there's a lot of death. And I went to meetings in Chicago. So I was very avid in going to 12-step meetings. And so I would meet so many people. Some of them made it. 
some of them didn't. Some died from AIDS and not necessarily from alcoholism, but the direct result of living a life that they were not awake for because of the drugs and alcohol. That's sort of, I'm not saying everyone that happens to, but I know they put themselves in places that weren't in their best interest. And that had happened to me many, many times where I lost myself. And, and we talk with Jay Westbrook, we talked about what we learned as we were growing up. We were, we grew up on how to acquire, how to get, at least many people did. You know, I'm not speaking for your family, nor can I, but I know myself, I was like, how do we get, how do we make a life? How do we get to pay the bills? How the money that I have to get to do what I need to do? Nowadays, you see, it's a very materialistic society. Shop, 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 shop. But we were taught how to get. We weren't taught how to lose. I know I was never taught to about grief. One thing that was good about my family, because one of the reasons why I'm here too, is because I want to teach people. Somebody asked me a question the other day and they said, well, oh, I was on another podcast, Dr. Ron Kaiser, who is on one of our podcasts. He said, how do we live a life where you don't have the unresolved or the incomplete before someone dies, before a loss occurs. And I'm not saying let's do preemptive grief, but I know myself what I've learned. I wish I would have paid attention to my parents more. I wish I would have asked them questions about them. I wished I could have been a better daughter and not and gotten to know my father no more. I know I was a teenager, so my friends were more important and, you know, going out. And at that time, I was already, you know, doing what I did with alcohol and all that kind of stuff. So I never got to really fully appreciate the relationship or paid attention to significant events or apologize when an apology was needed or a forgive when I needed to forgive. And I sometimes with forgiving, you don't even need to tell the person. And sometimes people think forgive what we've learned this year through all the podcasts is forgiving is not condoning. I can't stress it enough because there's a lot of trauma out there, child abuse, sexual abuse, all kinds of things that happen. People with narcissistic um, relationships, mental, mental health issues in relationship. Forgiveness is more for ourselves, not for the other person, even though it could benefit the person and the relationship. But most of it is how do we take care of our hearts? And again, I want to get you out of the intellect to the emotional. And I'm not saying the intellect has nothing to do with our lives that we live just in our emotions. I'm not saying that whatsoever. But once we get to the heart and the nooks and crannies of who we are, that's when the healing comes in. That's when the recovery comes in. We need to know thyself first. And I always say, recovery is not discovery. We can know ourselves, which is good. That's the first part. We have to be awake of who we are and walk in some humility and humbleness to know where is my part in it. No matter what, even if it's 2% part, the only thing we can do is what we do for ourselves or you know what our part is. We can't control anyone, the abuser, the loved one who died. It's like, how do we recalibrate some of our story? And that, and as I said, grieving is important. The sadness, the devastation, the feelings that go with it, the feelings of loss, the devastating loss that just throws our whole lives into chaos, devastation, fear, hate, anger, all the emotions that go with it. I say, honor it. Just don't stay there. Just don't live in it. Our next, one of our, one of my other favorites is From Grief to Rebirth by Laura Jack. She's an advanced grief recovery specialist. At least the first two people I'm talking about today, they're both advanced certified grief recovery specialists too. I wanted to get these people in. Jay had lost his wife of many years. She was not that old. She died of horrible cancer, very young. And how he walks through and how he helps others. He also works in the hospice. He's a hospice nurse. He talks all over the world. And how some of the stuff, the experience they've had catapulted them to their next level in life that brings fulfillment. And then Laura Jack lost her mother, tragically. Like one day she's there, one day she's not. She was hit by a car. Laura felt like a little princess in life. Life was so beautiful. 
It was working so beautiful. And then this happened, changed her. She talked about how she had to rise as a, like a phoenix in her life. It changed her identity. It changed her sense of purpose in the world. It changed her as grief changes all of us. I think it gives us more depth in life. If we use it in a way that we can walk forward in life, in a way that gives us meaning, gives us hope, helps us be of service in the world, what gives meaning in your life? That's what I want to ask you. Can you use your grief that you've been experiencing lately? I don't know if you're under the covers right now, just devastating, watching TV, or just can't move, not eating, eating too much, sleeping too much, not sleeping enough, reacting getting away from the world, drinking, drugging, whatever your tools that you're using now that aren't for your highest good. Get clean, get clear, let us help you. So that's why I'm going to go through all our podcasts. Okay, so then we have Nicole Windley, who going through the ring of fire with Nicole Windley, she lost her beloved, who was a firefighter, while he was in his yard, someone, a disgruntled person who was mentally ill, shot and killed him instantly. It destroyed her. It devastated her. She didn't leave her house for two years. She didn't interact with anyone. Two years. Then she was introduced to Tony Robbins. Tony said, get in California. She's in Florida. He's doing something in Los Angeles. Friend of her said, come on, let's go. And Nicole at the time felt it was agoraphobic. She couldn't leave the house. So she decided she took everything she had to get in that plane and go. She got to the event. The first day she walks out. Thank God someone grabbed her. They grabbed her. She went in there. And if anyone knows who Tony Robbins is, he is one of the best coaches in the world. And he coaches thousands and thousands of people from hundreds of different countries on how to live your life in the more. And he talks about peak performance. That's what he talks about. And she went and she recalibrated so much that she has a life that doesn't look like that life whatsoever. Now she's helping others. She helps others to, oh, I can't even remember what her uh, podcast title is and her company title is. And what I love is that they're out, she's out there making a difference in the world. And I'm not saying just because, you know, you make, make a difference with your friends' lives. You may have a small circle of friends. You may have a big family doesn't have to be in the public eye. It could be just within your own family or find something you can be of service to. And then I did a solo called Communal Grief Recovery Now with COVID-19. And I think we are all in this communal space through this COVID pandemic. Now we have Omicron, which which is another variant. We thought, I thought we were sort of scot-free this summer. I was looking forward to my music venues outside, even though it lightened up. But all of a sudden, we're clamping down again. We have the vaccines, vaccines, no vaccines, which what do I do? This was the communal time of uncertainty. What do I do next? What about jobs? The people we've lost in our because of our jobs, friends I haven't talked to in almost two years. Thank God for Zoom. Then Zoom hasn't. Another way, I hope if you're isolating at home or you feel like getting, you're just marinating in your own knowledge and your own grief, please get out there and reach out. Listen to some podcasts. I have friends who, and people I don't even know, listen to, listen to all my podcasts. And I'm just so shocked. And it gives them like this boost of like, okay, they're not alone. They're not marinating in their own grief or their own knowledge of grief. The myths of grief, what we've grown up with, the filters we walk through at life. I know some of the filters I walked through in, in my identity of um, owning a company, being a CEO. I was like, oh, I was feeling, judging myself that I was leaving. I didn't have this identity anymore. And that loss, I had to reshift it. And I bring it up because that was a real loss. And when even with my parents, I realized I was afraid to love fully because of the loss of my parents. It was one of my biggest fears in life, even at a young age. I remember saying a prayer and I would say every member of my family, I would say it like clockwork because I was fearing that they may die or leave. I didn't know where I got that. I don't know. It could be my upbringing. I grew up Catholic. I don't practice Catholicism. I'm not against it. 
But I don't know if I had some kind of fear woven in me about loss. And do I know what it is? No. But it just is. And it just was. So, and also, what I want you to know is that grief is very unique. My grief is different than yours. I will never claim to know how you're feeling. I can't. I can only know how I'm feeling. And if you give me the honor to share what's going on with you, oh, I would love it. Or get someone that you trusted friend or a trusted professional. I also believe strongly in the peer-to-peer model. Again, with trusted people. And with the grief recovery method that I work with, it's great because if you work with me one-on-one, I don't judge. I'm just there listening. I'm witness with you, feeling with you as best as possible and just witnessing your life. We talk about the forgives, the apologies, the significant life events, timelines that I went through this timeline and I don't want to get into it here that just opened my eyes. There's no studying about who you are. You don't have to be something you're not. I remember the things I would remember back in childhood. I still remember in my early 60s. I'm like, why is that coming up? And it was a theme. I would probably think of it a few times a year. I'm like, why did that memory come up? Hey, it's not for nothing, by the way. Okay, so our next one. So that's communal grief. We're all in this together. Remember, you are not alone. And we're still in this together in this communal grief of pandemic and job loss. And now there's this great resignation going on in the job world. You don't think that's going to affect people, especially when you do leave? And I didn't realize that would surprise me what came up for me. So it's not nothing, but it is something for sure. And then we have transition. Oh, this Australian couple, they do things transitioning from parent to empty nester with Michelle Lee and Mark O'Toole. They talk to parents about kids going off to school, to college, being an empty nester. And so she, they've got a whole bunch of people worldwide who have lost their kids. They're like, what's next? And there's a lot that goes with it. Parents who have like parented their children, they may have had four or five children, two children. The last one flew the coop. Now what do they do? What do they do with the relationship? What's it like going back? What I've learned is there's a lot of fear. What's going to happen to us? Or do we have enough to make it? You know, besides grieving about their children being gone and their lives changing, they may have been preparing for it, but that happens fast. All of a sudden, boom, empty nest, empty house. What's next? How am I going to work with my husband? Maybe I wasn't intimate with him for a while. How do I reintroduce that in my life from maybe a loss? that you had while you had kids and you were so busy. I don't want to get in the psychology of it all or all this stuff, but I just want to give you, there's lots of different ways of grieving. Pay attention. Again, it's not nothing. Okay, and then we have finding purpose through grief with Ed Owens. He lost his son. He His son shot himself with Ed Owens' own gun. Ed was a sergeant in the police force. He also was in the military. He had the gun in a safe place, locked up. His four-year-old son ran in the drawer. There was something wrong with the lock. And where Ed thought it was secure, it wasn't. And and his child, his son, opened it up, took the gun and shot himself. And everything that Ed went through, the anger, the suing, everything. But all of a sudden, after all of that, the anger, and he couldn't even speak. His marriage was affected by it. Remember, grief is just not you. It's all, it affects everyone around you. And I'm not saying be stoic, be strong. I'm saying be vulnerable, be in your heart. Because if we're not in that space, we're in the intellect, we're in the fear, and we react in anger. And and not saying like he, you know, there's something with the manufacturer of that lockbox that helped cause that ability for his child to get that gun and all that and then everything else what he did wrong what he coulda shoulda woulda we also do work on that that's a very powerful way that will keep us stuck and i'm not saying stuck in our grief because grief it's so important that we express it and be with it and there's no time limit just to let you know i'm not saying hey get over it there's no time limit to grief but there's a way to dive into it. And it takes courage. 
and it takes work. But it's not work that will not gain. You won't get some gains from for sure. I don't know what you want out of life. Or maybe it's it'll be joy once you're in grief recovery. You're in joy that you've never experienced before. Because all of a sudden, things that weren't about the death is about your whole life. So it's very interesting. So Ed, the way he now, he's one of the head people at the grief recovery method. I'm so lucky doing this about grief because I have people in my life that I can reach out to, to be able to help you. It's just not my voice. There's so many other voices. And I see people with the passion after they do some of the work. Oh, and here's another one. The next one. And I give anybody who has lost a child, just my, so much love is coming out to you regarding that. And remember, everybody's, Ed lost a son. We just had a guest, Katie Greer, who lost a daughter. Does it mean they had the same grief? Nope. That's why I always tell people, please don't tell the griever, I know what you're going through. I know how you feel. It may seem like it is such a loving thing to say, but it's not accurate. So please avoid saying that to someone. And you can sometimes just go, oh my God, my heart goes out to you. I can't even imagine what you're going through. Sound good? Okay, and then we had Candy Kane Cooper. She did an afterlife of animals with Candy Kane Cooper. I know, I was good. I don't just talk about grief recovery method. I talk about all kinds of ways to get through grief from even working with Candy Kane Cooper. She talks about how animals really do speak to us and that they are not gone. People talk about the Rainbow Bridge. I don't know about you, I've had many, many animals who have gone to the great beyond, or even who have gotten sick. I remember I had a dog, Joey, who got a cancer diagnosis, lymphoma. There's, they'd say, it's a death sentence. He's going to die. And I remember grieving through the whole thing. I was already losing him. So just pay attention to that. It's just not about death. And just be, again, in your heart. If you don't know how to be that way, I'll help you. Or look up things of how to get in the heart space, in the emotional space, in the vulnerable space. Okay? And then we have another loss of child. Let This loss of child led to awakening to Joan McQuinlan. And hitchhiking on Candy King Cooper, who, who talks to animals and the beyond, and here, it, when they're alive, she has a special gift. I'm not saying it's true. It's not true. I just brought her in to give you an idea if you ever wanted to talk to uh, an animal that a beloved animal that you've had and you think you talk on the other side, look for a good reputable um, animal communicator or even if they're alive. And then my friend, Joe McClellan, he lost his son in a tragic lake accident where there was six boys went into a boat in the middle of winter at around midnight, it was in the holidays. I think it was six people and four of them drowned. And that included my friend's son and Christopher. And he wrote a book on it. And now he's just got a second book on which we will have him back in. And he used psychics to talk to, to communicate with them. Then he started doing it on his own. And it's fascinating what you can do. And just to explore whether it's going to work for you or not work for you. And if you're in a certain belief that this doesn't work, this isn't, you know, true, this is blasphemous or whatever, I honor you wherever you are in the religious space, the spiritual space, non-religious space, non-spiritual space. We don't want to claim that we are believing in anything. We just, I'm just introducing things to you. Take what you want and leave the rest. Okay, finding forgiveness through creativity with Teresa Tomei. She's a writer, director, actor, producer. She she had a mother that she hated. Hated. And so she had to do a lot of work with that. And in her experience of her childhood, her mother wasn't the most nurturing and sometimes could be cruel and dismissive and not necessarily treating Teresa right, where it affected her through her life, where she ended up hating her. And because she had a lot of illness, it's a fascinating one. But she uses she used creativity to do a one-woman show. She did it in Michigan. She did it in Los Angeles and New York. 
And that won an award, the script award for this festival that was going on in New York. She used it. And I tell you, her relationship with her mother is so deep. It's like part of her purpose today, following her footsteps, following, you know, just like, where did she go? She went down Route 66, the mother, back in the 50s. So Teresa's following that route. Just to connect with that, this is part of her healing. So she writes like crazy. And she's done this one-woman play all over the country. I just named a couple um, hotspots for her where she's done the show. And so if anybody even wants to do a theater thing on that, please, if any grief people in theater or or your churches or your spiritual centers want to use someone like that, it's beautiful. Because I think movies, books even theaters, one woman shows, or, you know, multiple characters, I think that can help. So also if you want some recovery, listen to others, how they've gone through it and they go through, you know, they tell you the nitty gritty, the good, the bad, the ugly. That's the kind of stuff that helps me. Okay. The mask of trauma with Mark Anthony Lord. He lived in a town that hated the gays and he was shamed into being himself and the religious community They didn't even know he was gay, but what he heard, he could not be his true authentic self. And right now he's a spiritual minister. He talks all over the world and he talks about what he's walked through in the shame of his life and the grief of not being his authentic self. It wasn't a death. It was a shame that he was living with and the loss of being his authentic self that killed who he was starting at a young age through prejudice and belief systems that aren't loving and accepting of people who are different than them. And to go on, the next person was unplugging grief with Heather Horton. She lost her mother during um, Hurricane Katrina. She lived in New Orleans at the time. So during that time, she had so many losses all at once. And what happened through all those losses and the trauma of Hurricane Katrina and losing everything, she was able to build a relationship with her father that she was estranged with. That was a fascinating episode. And she's African-American and she lives now in Washington, D.C. So she lived right where insurrection happened, January 6th. And that changed her. There was a loss of innocence of walking through that area that she will never be the same with her. So she had to work with that. And she's an attorney. She's also a grief recovery method specialist in advanced. She's awesome too. She's one of our highest rated podcasts. So please take a listen. It's with Heather Horton, if you're taking notes. Then we had Robert Rednati talked about hypnotherapy and how that can help with grief. I'm not going to get too much in that, but he's snap crackle pop guy. And his mission is to help the world. He is into exploration as I am too. And I want you to be too. It's like journey to the center of you, the center of your heart. And then we had um, conquering cancer through coloring with Julia Evans. She contracted cancer twice, death sentence, unless she did some really deep work, which she did. You can't predict if you're going to die from it. But she also had her mother die from it, her grandfather, grandmother died from it, women in her family who died from it. So compounded grief. I know myself, my parents died of heart issues. I'm 64. They died younger than me. I, when I got around their ages, oh, my God, I, I was afraid of losing myself. So what Julia is, she started, she was coloring and she started a not-for-profit where she donates coloring books for people who have cancer. And I'm sure anybody else going through something coloring would help too. I just bought a coloring book just to sort of get in my creative and get out of my monkey mind. Even though I've done grief recovery, I've done a lot of work on myself and discovery and, you know, which I'll picture it into a life beyond my wildest dreams. I still do things to help me just pay attention to the one task at hand. And I can't believe I'm just so surprised at the things that come up through being creative, even coloring. You don't, you can, the only thing you have to decide is what color pen or I do think it's a coloring book. So I'm not creating art that way, but I get to pick the color. So I'm creating the color and the the look of the mandalas. That's the book I got on it. And then we have a read. So check her out. 
And then what's grief got to do with it? That was another solo episode of mine where what's grief got to do with it? It's like, boy, again, my goal in life is understanding that grief can be affecting our lives in the most negative way that you can even think of. I didn't know I was having trouble finding a life mate. I've had plenty of relationships, a marriage. I was like, why couldn't I get this down? And my friend, who Gary Sollier, who is also another podcast guest, is like, release the pain of past relationship with Gary Sollier. I had to do some attachment work in relationship. What did that mean? I had to go back to childhood. I had to go back to my parents. And he talks about relationships because this is all, a lot of grief has to do with relationships, relationships with ourselves or relationships with our others, family, friends, loved ones, unloved ones. And he said there are 10 rights to a relationship. And one of the rights is a right to be separate in the relationship and a right to belong. And he told me, Charlene, you have separate down path. You just don't know how to belong. You don't know how to be in a we. And I didn't know how to be in a we. So I had a lot of loss because I was all my, on my own trip. While I thought I was in the we, I wasn't. And I can get to, maybe I'll do an episode on that one day. Get Gary back in here. Not just on me, but people in general on relationships and how we lose relationships that could be really great. But there's something in the filters we're walking through that can destroy it and have them die and take the flame out of the relationship. And then we have redefining PTSD and grief recovery with Marianne Murphy. She's had lots of loss. She got PTSD through a relationship with someone that betrayed her in ways. I don't know if he was a narcissist, sociopath, or whatever, but it destroyed her. Among other things that have happened in losses in life and relationships and other things. But she decided to use PTSD, like P as in positive, positivity. That's how she was going to do her life. And then T, I forgot what she was going to use T for. S as for, you know, I can't even remember what each one was for, but you make your own. If you have PTSD, what, what positive traits are you going to use on that PTSD instead of post-traumatic syndrome? But think about it. The more you know about PTSD and what they what the PTSD means, change it. Put something more positive if that's what you're experiencing right now or any kind of trauma you may be experiencing. People, you know, thank God we're talking about PTSD today because it was not noticed a long time ago or even was a thing. Thank God our professional psychiatrists, psychologists, and whoever identified what our soldiers, especially with we knew that was talked about more because of our soldiers and the ones that were in battle. So that came out. Thank God it's something we could look at. But can you recover from it? Yes. I believe absolutely we can recover from PTSD. Okay. And then we have life review. We had the hospice musical with Benjamin Kintex. He does a, about dying. He talks about talking to the dying. He was a young rabbi who one of his things he had to do to become a full-fledged rabbi was to work in hospice. So he did this great musical on hospice. It was just beautiful. Check it out. And then we have sexual relationships and grief recovery with Dr. Alex. That was a powerful show about how grief can affect our relationships. Grief, trauma, PTSD, our sexuality, which I think is very important in our lives. Let's live it fully. And then I'm just going to go through here real quick. Honesty through grief as a widower with Patrick Long. His wife died of cancer. He wrote a book called Extraordinarily Ordinary. And he talks about his relationship with his wife, Melody, and how he walked through it. It is so honest, such a compelling story about his loss in a way. And this is what grief recovery is all about. He looked at every part of it. We experience, at least I have, and what I've seen with most people, conflicting emotions. So he talks about his conflicting emotions while walking his wife through and family through her diagnosis, her illness, everything she went through, through the years of going through the cancer diagnosis and having cancer, and him as a man and their relationship and 
the twists and turns, the good, the bad, the ugly that went through it and what his thoughts were. I mean, you could relate to it in some ways in other aspects of our relationships and his honesty about and authenticity again about how we walk through it. The book is great. Patrick Long, Extraordinarily Ordinary. It's a beautiful book and he's a beautiful man. So listen to the podcast or get his book. And then we have Unveiling Men's Issues Around Grief with John Lee. Again, Unveiling Men's Issues Around Grief with John Lee. He's a pioneer in the men's movement. And he writes about grief. He writes about how to be a man. He talks about rage and anger and what's the difference. He holds men accountable. He also holds us accountable to have men be accountable and the grief that goes through the loss of us losing ourselves and men and probably the women in rage. And we don't know where this rage comes from at the time, but let's get to know where it's coming from and learn. Women, I remember one thing he said, women, don't let them get away with the rage. And even with men, don't let women get away with the rage. It's abusive. And that's like one of the other filters that can come from grief, unresolved grief, incomplete grief. And then we have overcoming addiction and soul recovery with Esther, Esther Nicholson. She's a beautiful spirit who speaks again, another person. I get professionals in here and people who are grievers personally. I believe it's both. I believe we need to listen to our peers, even though the people I bring in who are professionals are peers too, because they wouldn't be in this business unless they experienced something. She was just a beautiful soul that talks about the 12 steps and the spiritual principles of it. You don't have to be an addict or alcoholic to follow the 12 steps, the spiritual, well, just the principles. You don't even have to put spiritual in it if you're not spiritual. It's a step-by-step of how we go forward in life in a beautiful way. She was a singer. She was on stage with some of the top singers in the world. Oprah in the own um, network did a story about her life. She lost her drugs and alcohol, her child, and how to real rebuild that. Lost her soul through it all. Lost unbelievable opportunities because of the filter she walked through. And then we have Heal Your Hunger. There's grief underneath it. Remember, these are short-term energy relieving behaviors. And I believe it is how addiction can have us lose so much. And even when we lose that, we have to deal with the grief with that. And her life today is just so beautiful. And I'm not saying people, the people I'm talking about, don't go through the thrills and chills of life, but they've got the tools to go forward and to live lives that work, no matter what you want. You want simple happiness, simple things in life, be able to cook dinner, take care of your children, take care of your family, take care of yourself, travel the world, whatever that means to you. And then we have Dr. Ron Kaiser, who we just finished, and he's just a wonderful human being in his mid-80s. He has a podcast called Rejuvenating. He also has a book out, Rejuvenating, and how the aging, unless we have a sense of purpose, and if we keep putting labels of being old, we'll get old. This guy has a smile on his face that I swear to God, it's going to pop off. It's so beautiful. It's just so much joy that comes out of him. And he talks about grief in the aging population. And then we have Candace Pollack, who we talked about grief and estrangement. People don't talk about estrangement that often. And grief. It's a loss. You're either the estranger where you're estranged from your family, you're, you're estranging them or from loved ones or friends or jobs or people you used to be really close to, or are you're the one who's been estranged from. Lots of things happen during family. So I'm so glad we did that during Christmas time and, and the other holidays, because many people are estranged from their families. Even during COVID, the polarity in politics today, the polarity in this COVID Vaccine, no vaccine. The different ideas, Roe versus Wade, Black Lives Movement, uh, the Me Too movement, everything that's going on movement. We have a lot of things popping up in our world that maybe it's time has come. Underlying grief erupting, loss, grief erupting. And then we have our Dr. Marcy Cole, 
grieving family relationships. She lost two parents back to back. That was another person who was their worst fear was losing their family, their, her parents. It happened. It happened in their 90s, but she has grown through it. She looked at that fear and prepared herself. And thank God, everybody died. I lost my parents right away. All I got was phone calls. She had the opportunity to spend time with her parents before they died. So that was a gift. So she was able to work through it and to be able to communicate to her parents the unresolved, incomplete issues. Things maybe she's never said to them that maybe she never did. I love you. I appreciate you. I think you're great. I love the way you smile. I love the way you cook soup. I love the way you did this. I love the way you that. that. I love your um, joy that you love this show. Or I love the way you skip around the house or sing loud at home. Notice those things. If you don't want to go how to avoid the incomplete and, and unresolved, start making your relationships count. Be awake to the to people that you love about them. I can't say it for you. Take time to do it. You want a fulfilling life? Give to others your thoughts of why you, you love them. And if you have an issue with them, you know, preface it by come from a loving space, get in your heart, take a moment and proactively resist reacting. Tell them, start it off first. Just say, you know, I love you very much, but I need to communicate something to you. I have experienced well, what you've said as it did not feel good. It hurt me. I just wanted to communicate that with you. Not you did this, you did that. Watch your words. The more you do this work, this grief recovery work, you look at your own self and you become more loving to others. And then our very last podcast, Grieving the Loss of a Child with Katie Greer. I talked about her earlier. She was just so beautiful about the experience. She was walking along the beach in Mexico with a few other children and her friend. They all were on vacation together and she had one, each child, her child in one hand, another child in another hand. They're walking in a sort of a area that says, you know, be careful. And what happens, just this big wave came in and took them into the ocean and her daughter did not survive. And we talk about everything that went with it. The judging, because it was in the paper, she lives in Oregon. In a paper, like saying she did this wrong, she did that wrong, she did what a terrible mother. While there was lots of loving people all around her, and then her walking, not knowing, you know, just she just play by play about what happened and her experience. I believe in getting in the nitty gritty. Like let's walk through it. I love to hear about people's experiences. What was it like from the time from the ocean and being, you know, rescued? to the hospital, to going home with the family, with the husband. I learn from others. And that's why I believe in the peer-to-peer model, the peer-to-peer healing, because we all learn from each other. We don't have the same feelings, maybe some similar ones where we can relate to, but sometimes it'll bring up emotions or put words in your mouth saying, that's how I'm feeling. I couldn't identify it. This is how I'm feeling today. Oh, I did that too. Oh, I think I need to make an amend on that. Well, this is the end of our podcast. That's it. It was an impromptu. I wanted to just talk about our podcast. I don't even know how long I went, but I just want to tell you how much I appreciate every single one of you who listen. We're all over the world. Boy, at the beginning of the year, everything just spiked up. The time has come. And I've said this in other podcasts because it's true. The third pandemic, could be grief. At least that's what NBC said. NBC News, they said, third pandemic will be grief. And I'm not trying to scare you. I'm here to say, this could be an adventure of a lifetime, this grief recovery. And it doesn't last. I mean, you can go through the method that I do. And I tell you, things happen. You think you're complicated, complicated grief. I had some people who go there. Yes, I'm ready. Another woman who was, and I didn't talk about her, She was a guest on our podcast and she kicked and screamed all the way to do grief recovery method. She was a uh, meth addict. She grew up in a religious cult that was a sexual occult. So she was sexually abused from age four to I think it was nine or 10 or something like that. But she became a crack addict or not crack, excuse me, a meth addict. And while she worked, she had high level jobs, but she used it every day. 
or you choose the meth every day. And then her friend made her go to grief recovery method. And she sat in the back of the room. That's when we did things live in person. Now we do it all on Zoom. A lot of it on Zoom. She just crossed her arms and said, okay, I'll do the work, but this isn't going to work. By the end of it, she goes, oh my God, this works. So it can happen in big ways, grief recovery, or small, subtle ways. Another person I know is a grief recovery specialist who did the method. She hated her mother too. For some reason, I'm not trying to bring up mothers. There's so many great mother relationships, but she, for more reasons than I can say, hated her mother too. Well, after the grief recovery method, like months later, all of a sudden she's going through some pictures and she saw her mother in a frame, picture of her mother in a frame. And she put the frame, the picture of her mother on her mantle. She goes, how in the heck did that happen? So it could be subtle ways too. All of a sudden, wow, subtle, but profound ways. So that's it. I have these long goodbyes and my fiance says, but I just want to thank you again. And we are on all the podcast platforms. We have a grief recovery now private group on Facebook. Just look for it. Just say you want to come in and I will let you in. Okay. And then you can see me on Facebook, Charlene Gorsella or me on Instagram. And I have a website. Everything's in the notes. So we will see you later. We'll see you next time. Peace and love. And hope your 2022 is the best ever. Thank you for joining our Grief Recovery Now journey. Like what you heard? It would be the biggest compliment to our mission if you would please subscribe, rate, and review Grief Recovery Now on Apple Podcasts. And we'll keep you posted on our next podcast. If you don't have Apple, we are also on Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and other podcast platforms. Also, please join our private Facebook group, Grief Recovery Now. And if you are in need of any personal attention, please contact me with the link on this podcast page, which is griefrecoverymethod.com forward slash GRMS forward slash Charlene dash Gorzella. It would be an honor to hear from you.